because I'm a stud. I'm ballsy. I don't take no shit from anyone. I smoke my stogie anywhere I want. I don't have to find a hideout place like you. <laughs> The last 50-something episodes have been a social experiment. The experiment is now over, the information has been collected, and we will be closing down shortly. Thank you for your time. Um, I don't know, I, I couldn't think of anything else to do experiments off the top of my head, or last uh, Bible, I don't know, go read... Uh, Paul fifteen. What if that's two. what if that's a Whitaker starts regenerating and then she stops looking at the camera and goes, Doctor Who has been a social experiment, you have all failed. <laughs> Go home. Like it's over. <laughs> we rounded up all the nerds together, they're going in the collective lockers. <laughs> Thank you for participating in the Doctor Who experiment. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, is she uh, also making anyway. the? Is she also seeing the Doctor Who? <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> but for like this to work, of, he really, um... she really has to start regenerating. You know, starts glowing. <laughs> Everybody goes like, "Okay, oh my god, here we go." Oh. <laughs> Doctor Who has been an experiment. Thank you for participating. <laughs> Please leave now. You can go outside. Please touch grass. <laughs> no, no, instead of the Doctor Who theme, this is the last show. Okay, just it's a, please touch grass. Well, I woke up today. Credits <laughs> <laughs> going. Uh, what, is... what I have noticed yeah. in the episodes I've watched for this season, especially, is that they they use the song for ten motif a lot. In the, like Mark Gold uses the song for Ten motif a lot in series three. I mean, look. To I mean, be fair, he does look, wake up yeah. every day. Look, <laughs> if if you were Paul McCartney and you wrote yesterday, he playing yesterday every single day of your life. The fact that Murray he Gold does not wrote, play yesterday yeah. every single day of his life is a testament to Paul McCartney. We don't know yeah. that Paul McCartney doesn't play yesterday every day of his life. <laughs> You think every time somebody asks him, Paul, can you go take out the trash? He's like, I did right yesterday, so. <laughs> um, I Sorry, I was laughing because I just like reached out on the desk. I picked up something and it turns out I was holding like, a, it was Dr. an entire cigar. Oh, I'm holding an entire cigar in my hand for some reason. <laughs> I, was just, I was holding the cigar as I go. Um, this is the story of a girl who cried a river and drowned the whole world. Uh, it is also... Uh, the Lazarus Experiment uh, episode of Potter Who Cast. I'm getting nice, and smooth, getting nice and smooth and jazzy and I have a cigar in my hand. Um, this is David, of course, and we do every episode, as you know, you listen to before. I don't really want to... I'm, I'm too tired to go through this, this shit with you right now, okay? Okay? I've always gone through this shit with you right now, and I'm too tired to do it, so you're going to fucking understand this right now, okay? 
Okay, you got that? Because I got three people waiting to be introduced, and you're hung up on this stupid shit that you always get hung up about. So you're gonna, you're gonna get to the happy time, get nice and excited, and you're gonna welcome in these three people, whatever order they want to introduce Is themselves this a bit? in. I'm so good. Um, <laughs> I don't know if this is a bit of David's Okay. On okay. <laughs> okay. I'm in my cigar era now. Okay. Oh, so don't forget. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, everybody. I'm Venom. Just kidding. I'm Dr. Michelle Morbius. So, how's everyone doing? Uh, thanks to, uh, thanks to uh, the next person who's going to say, introduce themselves, did tell me to say that. So, I want to give them credit. <laughs> Hello. I'm Sam Higney. Uh, or Sammy Crow, and yes, I, I did recommend to introduce himself as Michelle Morbius because it is the summer of Morbius. This is the closest we're recording an episode to release, so it's going to yes. be incredibly hot. <laughs> I mean, every episode we recorded so far was before we've heard the news. Of course, the important Doctor Who news that came out these past two weeks, which is that Morbius mm-hmm. is the biggest movie of all time. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it, the it news means, it means... that Dr. Michael Morbius... Is playing the, is the 14th, 14th Doctor. Doctor. Yeah. 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 And the Morgan 11th Doctor is going to have sex and he's going to excel and he's going <laughs> to poop his pants, whatever the rest of the song says. <laughs> Can, somebody... Um, uh... <laughs> Can somebody make an edit of this episode where when the door of the capsule opens instead of Mark Gatiss, dancing <laughs> Matt Smith from Morbius comes <laughs> Oh... I'm, I'm sure it's in the pipeline. I mean, um, I, I've said this to one of you before, but it's incredibly funny that Matt Smith he said he did this because Karen, Karen Gillan Gillen. told him to do it, and that he yeah. just as- apparently assumes that, like, when she met Marvel, she meant anything Marvel. <laughs> oh my yeah. god! Imagine being Karen Gillan and being like, "Man, I'm so sorry, Matt. You're gonna have to do Morbius." <laughs> Okay, I can feel the I can feel the format falling apart already. We need to introduce Nathan. Nathan. Oh yeah, yeah, yes, yes, of course. <laughs> oh yeah, in a stunning turn of events, I'm the, I am also on this episode. It's Laz, it's Lazarus. The Nathan speak. <laughs> Somehow Nathan L- has Laz, returned. Laz, Laz, uh, um, lads, for us, L- lads. Lads, it's a Lazarus from the from the um, people who brought you Fant Four Stick comes last for us. Last for us. This is a real Lazarus experiment. Can the show sustain this? <laughs> no, it hasn't even started saying this. Uh, hang on. Uh, no, there's also a VHS tape on this table that says uh, Demon Eum. Demonium? I don't know. Mm. That sounds. I think I'm in a cursed house. <laughs> Necronomicon, Book of the Dead. Um, yeah. Work shit. More like, more like Book of the. You'll be dead if you don't fucking give me my cigar back. Um, Doctor Lazarus when, should have been where Professor Lazarus. I'm sorry. Should have look. He should not go through <laughs> so many fucking years in fucking college for you to call him Doctor and not Professor. He okay? should have had. He should have had a cigar. <laughs> It actually should, turns out okay. that he's one of those people who calls themselves doctor, even though they're just like a civil engineer. Mm-hmm. He's Julian McKeith. He's like he's he, he didn't go to college. He went to like a a, a two week. He has um, a he has a an honorary degree. You know, Hollywood because of his medical school. Yeah. <laughs> 
He's got a fake <laughs> diploma. It's just one of those ones where you just go like the Hollywood Boulevard. It's like a diploma for being <laughs> honest. People, for being, people honest ask him. Guy. People are like, well, where'd you go to the medical school? He's like, well, it's gone now. Wiped away by the bombs. <laughs> Awfully convenient. <laughs> what, what was his first name again? They say it right at the start of the episode, like his Richard Larry Richard Lazarus. Larry Lazarus. <laughs> Larry Lazarus. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Because this is getting ahead of ourselves, but like you know how like the the big the big scorpion fellas, you know, this is a step we could have taken in like human evolution. Does that mean that like somewhere within his DNA there's like giant crab lizard? Scorpion fella DNA. Yeah, David. Yeah. Inside, you, there are, inside you, there are two wolves. There's wolf and there's but, also scorpion. Yeah. But, but does that mean oh. that, like, does that mean, like, one of his ancestors, like, one day got, like, very curious? Like, I don't know. Like, like, like I don't know. It's just, I mean, it is in, in a world, in a show known for its bullshit sci fi hand wavy, it is the most bullshit sci fi hand wavy <laughs> explanation. Like, why does he turn into a giant crab monster? Well, I don't know, because, like, in the past, maybe humans could have been giant crab monsters. Oh, sure, yeah. sure thing, Doctor. Okay. Yeah. I like you to think that Doctor was like, oh, he turned into a crab monster because he fucked a crab, but I don't want to tell Martha <laughs> that. So he was like, uh, human DNA. Yeah. yeah, Martha, if you ever evolved differently, you would turn into a crab too. <laughs> we were deprived of, of, of uh, crab Martha. <laughs> Get big finish. Get the petition out, crab Martha. <laughs> that, crab Martha that, files. That's what <laughs> the Taklafane should have been. They should have all just been Lazarus monsters. <laughs> well, we are really getting ahead of ourselves. But what is the like? What does? role does this episode serve in the finale like he, he, um, he the master uses it, this technology to like uh, I mean spoiler sorry yeah okay yeah. Mm, yeah I haven't seen it I haven't seen that episode I've never seen an episode oh no sorry spoiler oh, yeah, this is a show where we're we're all guiding David through Doctor Who <laughs> yeah come on we're, no? we're watching Next it chronologically yeah. we're recording it chronologically <laughs> Next you'll be telling me that that the time worm didn't just fool Gilgamesh into thinking it was Ishtar. And then Gilgamesh didn't fall for it, but uh, Dermuzi, I think it was when they were, or Dermuzi, he fell for it. And then the time worm, of course, naturally took the form of Ishtar as before, but they, but they also took over all the servants and the priestesses in the Temple of Ishtar. Um, Dr. Nace, of course, helped uh, Gilgamesh. Yeah, but where, do, where does Warren Beatty come into yeah. all this? Um, well, look, look, me recapping is a dangerous business, okay? So I can't tell you. But what I can tell you is this broadcast on the 5th of May, 2007. Um, may the 5th be with you. Uh, it was Ooh, written by, <laughs> directed by Richard Clark, who directed uh, Gridlock and directs way ahead, uh, way ahead of us, which I haven't seen yet. Uh, and written by Stephen Greenhorn, who is like a playwright, who basically is told his agent, I'd love to write for Doctor Who, and then... Russell's like, hello, uh, Russell here. And they sort out a deal. And he, then he wrote this, um, which, you know, this goes to show you don't write plays because you get nowhere. Oh, my cigar, you're. Um, Writing plays famously never gets you anywhere in life. 
Look, yeah, theater can only lead you to two things. One of them is drugs, the other is writing the Lazarus experiment. Exactly. Or getting a really kind of strange uh, horny episode of Doctor Who. It's that, it's that, uh, it's that shitty meme of like divorce leads kids to the worst places where it's like two parents and the kid is holding on. And, but instead of like being an abyss underneath, it's just the Russell T. Davis photo of him with the glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to write the Lazarus experiment? <laughs> Uh, do you want to guess what other episode Stephen Greenhorn writes in the future? Because he writes one more episode of the show. Mm. Mm. He isn't involved the... with Rebel Flash in any way. I haven't actually looked it up, but no, no. that's that's fear. That's fear. Her author Matthew Graham. That's right. Oh, let's see. Uh, I'm going to. Oh fuck! <laughs> I can give you a hint. Is it the magician's experiment? No, Missions Apprentice is written by Stephen Moffat. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's I mean, I'm, yeah, I, I'm just trying to figure out names I could add experiment uh, to the end. Do you want to know? Well, I just, I just say who, what, what episode it is because it's not that exciting. Yeah, um, it's the Doctor's Daughter next oh. season. Oh, so, okay, so, okay. So bullshit DNA stuff is his <laughs> common More DNA evidence. I like it. I like More it. <laughs> Uh, Steven, we have here yeah. an episode where you know the, the the doctor has a daughter. Oh, okay, okay. Can I can I uh, can I suggest how the daughter comes about? Oh, of course. I mean, well, how are you DNA? Oh, but Steven, that's not how the no 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 DNA, DNA. DNA works. I'm a playwright. I trust me. You know the Mega Mind uh, meme where it's like Mega Mind looking to the camera in like a fisheye lens. Yeah, no bitches. Saying, yeah. Yeah, it's it's no DNA and it's just it's a Stephen Greenhorn. <laughs> <laughs> um but I the mean, gist of this look, one before we yeah. I just wanna before we start shit talking this before episode, I just wanna say before we like, even start talking it. <laughs> I genuinely think this was like better than I expected it to be. When we set up a surprisingly fun episode. Yeah, yeah we, we were like, oh, let's all get together to shit on Lazarus experiment. And I was watching this today and I was like, damn. Oh, Lazarus do be thick though. So <laughs> Lazarus I was like, is I was like yeah, actually, this is like okay. I mean, it's not great. And I can tell you exactly when it goes off the rails. And that's the moment where where Mark Gatiss gets all morbed up. But <laughs> but uh, but up until then and even after that, it is like just like it's so it's a good solid episode of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. And you know what happens in this one? Um yes. because the gist of this one is that Doctor and Martha go home because the doctor's like, look, you're done. You don't kid, you're finished, you've had your you've had your fun, you're back home, I'm done. And then he overhears a uh, bad grandpa from Jackass on TV saying he's going to change what it means to be human. And he's like, oh, I'll have a look at that. So they go to his big science symposium because Martha's sister is his assistant. Uh, try saying that five times over. Sister's assistant, whatever. I don't know. Uh, they turn, it turns out then that he's turned himself young with this big spinny machine. But it also changes DNA to the point where he becomes a giant fella. Uh, and then they think they've killed him by reversing the polarity of the neutron flow, but they haven't because he's he's just escaped in the, the taxi. They go back to a church and they play the organ real loud, and he falls to his death. But what also happens is this very strange, mysterious man tells Martha, Martha's mum the doctor is a bit of an asshole, uh, and the doctor gets slapped by Martha's mum, and then Martha's mum's like, "Listen, you can't trust him. Mister Saxon told me so." 
and then it cuts to a next entry there for 42. And that's a gist of this one. Um, Mr. Sex yeah. and more like Mr. Sex. <laughs> this is not your best work. <laughs> <laughs> What's the deal with Professor Lazarus? Um, he comes out, he sees he's young, but he turns into a scorpion. <laughs> I mean... deal with Professor Lazarus, I want to get into this because this is like a huge, a huge backbone to this is that this was all inspired by like Marvel comic supervillains. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. They went to the this, very this obvious. Dinner. Yeah. There was this huge dinner they all went to. I think Paul Cornell was there. Um, I mean, why wouldn't you invite Paul Cornell to your, to your dinner party? Um, and they were all like, they were all like uh, talking about, you know, series three and stuff. And they got into a conversation about like Goblin as you do and Dr. Octopus. And so they wrote this character, uh, Professor Lazarus, whatever. But what was going to happen is he was going to be a guy who made a super skin for the army that would make you like impervious to damage or something. I don't know. And it turned him into some kind of monster or whatever. But what happened is um, because of the way the internet was back then with like leaks and stuff, um, people started suggesting that Venom would be based on the Ultimate Comics version of Venom, which is a super skin developed by the army. So Russell was like, okay, get rid of the, the skin stuff. He's just going to be a giant crab monster who gets turned young in a big machine. Um, we'll never step on the toes of any Hollywood film ever again. We'll be more careful this time. And then, of course, next week they rip off some giant by accident. But <laughs> the, problem, the problem I have with the Lazarus experiment is that he doesn't is... follow proper protocol. <laughs> yes. I mean, look, you know, it's all well and good to have a big machine. Like we all we all want a big machine, you know? I want one. I think I can safely say that like we all want a big machine mm. that mm-hmm. goes spinning around and round and round. But you have to follow protocol. Okay? <laughs> you have to follow safety protocol. You cannot have a cocktail party. You cannot have your exp- your assistance or DJ booth in the corner of the room to get your, <laughs> get your machine going. You know, it's not safe. I'm just saying it's not safe. He 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 should be more careful and he deserved what he got. But my problem with it is just like <laughs> I it, 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 why is he a scorpion? Yeah. Why is like, he like, a scorpion? He... <laughs> yeah. Also, why yeah. doesn't yeah. the scorpion look like Mark Gatiss? <laughs> yeah. I mean they try to make him look like it's just like mistake number one is he looks like a scorpion. Mistake number two is they tried to put him a, put a human face on the scorpion, which was not like, dude, don't, do not, don't do that. No good, very bad. Because it mm. just looks so It silly. does not work. <laughs> yeah. It's literally like he, I mean, I, I got to give him credit because for 2007, I was thinking like, what? What is the American TV equivalent? And maybe like Lost, and like Lost never had this for a good reason. But <laughs> Lost had the polar bears, which on a rewatch look real fucking rough. Let me Google that. Okay, like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. They do look really bad. <laughs> I mean, I will. I do like the sort of like the strange touch that it, it's a scorpion, but it's like this weird sort of like decaying flesh like yeah. being. It, it's not just but like the a, it's idea not... of it is solid. It's just the execution's a little. Yeah, you can tell it was 
kind of a last minute thing. <laughs> yeah, they wanted to go for something yeah. that was inherently creepy and inherently not human. So you go to the insect world and it's got this big stinger <laughs> and you know it can it can drain life force and stuff, but yeah. It's, yeah. The the other thing as well is that apparently um and I'm not sure how much you read into this in terms of tone, because <clears throat> the tone of it in the in the big companion piece for series three wasn't very clear. But apparently the description of the creature in the script was so vague that like they didn't really know what to do and at one point it was going to switch between forms so he would um and that he would basically go from like you know normal normal lazarus to like uh a, like a bash Lazarus to a lizard Lazarus to uh-huh. a yeah, so like the, the a, evolution a would Lazarus. be in flux or whatever. Yeah, this, yeah. This, that that makes more sense with the doctor's bullshit about this is just an evolutionary like it, yeah diversion. Yeah, if you look like the lizard in Amazing Spider-Man, I feel like this episode would go up maybe like 10, 20 points because yeah. it, it, it's it's just too big and it's. It's too big, and it requires the kind of directing that you would see in, like, say, Alien, where they're like, we can't hold on this thing for too long, otherwise you're going to notice it's a man in the suit, right? So they yeah. direct mm-hmm. around, they kind of, not direct around it, but they use the fact that, hey, we can't show too much of this, otherwise you're going to see it's a guy in the suit, to highlight the fear. And whenever, like, the doctor is running away from this, there's just like, oh, look at the giant scorpion go oh there he goes this is i mean i feel like if sam raimi directed this to give an example first of all it would have been a physical prop like it would have been a Mm. costume but also like every time he turned into the giant silly crab monster the direction would have gone equally big and you you can feel that like whenever it goes back to mark gatis he has the role the the he's in a position that i don't envy which is he has to be freaking silly because mm-hmm. he has to match the how big the fucking scorpion thing is like he can't give a subdued performance and then morbius into a giant <laughs> scorpion it just does not work and so he has to do all those oh, uh, like the the thing, like he's I mean, transforming, and it's just yeah. one, of the, one of the funniest moments in this episode is when they're on the rooftop and he's transforming again. Yeah. <laughs> and Martha has the line where he's a monster, and Gatus just <laughs> does this ridiculous like <laughs> thing in the background. There is some crazy camera times. work at that bit. He's like writhing around on the floor, and someone's like going in with their camcorder, like barely <laughs> tracking his face. I mean, it's, it's creative. Yeah, I, I I like. You can tell, like, um, when he's draining the life force, it's like, you know, it's a cutaway. There's no effect for it happening. There's no effect when he's transforming or anything. Um, I think the sound design makes up for it in certain ways. Like, I'll Mm -hmm. say that much. But, um, yeah, definitely hokey. I mean, uh, uh, what I'll say, the the interesting thing about the, um, now that I know that it's sort of based off, like, Marvel comics and stuff like that, it's very pulpy in both how bombastic the villain is but also like the constant like philosophical back and forth it reminds me of that panel that was going around a few years ago uh i think it was from like spider-man and uh you know a character's like oh why are you turning people into dinosaurs when you could be curing cancer and he goes oh i don't want to cure cancer cancer. i want to turn people into dinosaurs 
it, yeah, it doesn't. It never really. You know, it, whenever he's a, he's a scorpion monster, he's like, "I am the evolution. Oh, I'm gonna suck people dry." But whenever he's a human, it's like, "Now let's have a conversation about growing old." And it's like, mm. Mm. It, it, it does never really nails that balance. And I I came up with the perfect fix for the story, and I feel like it's such a simple fix, and it's kind of already here. And I feel like it, this would have been so much better. You can have the scorpion monster. I would just change it so that Lazarus knows who the doctor is. And Lazarus is actively trying to steal the ability of regeneration so you, from so the you, doctor. So you, 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 you want this to be more of a modern undead situation. Yeah, modern yeah, undead yeah because it, it already kind of is. More They're having these conversations about like, oh. very much like modern undead. <laughs> yeah, being young again. Oh, I would love to be young again. And the doctor is like, no, that's not cool. It's like the real mm. juice in the story is basically this human going through what the doctor goes every five, seven years. Yeah, it gets very I, I, close. That they get very close to exploring that, like the doctor's kind of ranting at him and going on about it being an abomination, and being like, "Oh, you can't be young forever." And you know, he goes through the same thing. They get so close to sort of exploring whether that's like the doctor's self-loathing coming across, or he's like, "No human should bear this curse or whatever," uh, which is why he feels so especially vindicated when it starts going wrong. He's like, "Ah, good nature's <laughs> striking back or whatever." Um, it's also like, yeah, it, it comes close to like the the like. The doctor feeling cursed by his immortality. Mm. And it also connects to the another good part of this episode, which is the domesticity part, which is everything to do with the family. That whole plotline is really good. And if you have mm. a character actively trying to be like the doctor, you can have the mom be like, see, see, like, like I knew this guy was dangerous, which you already kind of have. But then it, 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 you could have it be even more connected to the actual plot. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about Mysterious Man? Yes. I want to talk about Mysterious Man. I have yeah, a lot please. of thoughts about Mysterious what a, Man. What a guy. What a guy. You know, uh, in <laughs> you the episode... Musical sting. <laughs> yeah, in the episode, they, they t- take off the audio, but I found like the original script, and when he leans over to whisper, in the script it says, um, it says, Mysterious Man leans over, he whispers, you're going to shot <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I get. I guess. I guess they're right. Like Archangel or whatever is like a prison in the sky. So yeah. halfway mm. shorter. <laughs> uh, the, the thing about Mysterious Man is that he's such an interesting idea for them to do, and then they're cursed for the fact that uh, Bertie Carvel can never come back for the show. He's he's too busy to come back in forty two. Serious stuff that's like weird, kind of, kind of almost half. It almost kind of works that he only shows up once, but it also kind of just feels a bit like I don't know. He does feel like he had like a a theater conflict at the time. Yeah, yeah. Two thousand seven would have been like the. um, I think it would have been in parade. I mean, you see, can tell me he was anything. I'd be like, yeah, sure. He was. Um, he was either in. Yeah. I think he was the man of mode at the National Theater. Sure. Two thousand seven. Uh, the other thing about Mysterious Man is that they added him after the read through, so obviously they felt like they had to have some kind of link to uh, Saxon there as well. 
I mean, it does work. Yeah. Like, yeah. What, I think. What, what I, was the what was the ultimate plan for him? Like, do you know? Um, he was meant to be like, next week in forty two. We we meet this um this woman who's like you know she's she's on the phone with with uh, with Francine mm-hmm. uh, and do stuff. That was meant to be him. So whatever her character was doing, it, it would have been him for the rest of the season, just hanging out with Francine stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's basically like, the gist of what his character would have been had he been able to come back. Um, he would have had a big finished box of this way. He probably would have been the story of Martha, just hanging out, like doing stuff. I was going to say, like, I haven't he watched. Sh- he shows up in the hand, Danny Llewellyn but... box. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, I was. What I was going to say was, um, I haven't watched Torchwood firsthand, and I'm going off your guys' recollection. So I guess this is a this is a, a testament to how well you've done that. But he gives me Billis Major vibes. It's like he's a more successful version of Billis Major. He shows up, don't he spouts you, sort of mysterious, you, <laughs> mysterious things. Don't you, well, don't you badmouth my personal friend? But also, <laughs> my, my hey, personal no, I'm saying friend. they improved on perfection here. What if? What if in this episode they're at the what party? If, what Billis, if the mysterious Billis man Major is Billis Major? Yeah. Well, yeah. this is the fix. This is the fix. He needs to be Billis Major. Just. <laughs> What if um, he just like leans he walk- over yeah. to Francine and he says, I'm going to open the rift. <laughs> Have you seen my friend Abaddon anywhere? <laughs> he wouldn't be getting me a drink. <laughs> Abaddon's walking around like a little tuxedo. <laughs> um, what if like the 60th opens and it's just Billis Manger and he's just like, oh, hello. And it turns out that Billis Manger's been behind like everything like what, even the centenary what if, if jody regenerates in the billis manger <laughs> jeez what if billis manger billis manger well we'll get to billis manger watch well, we never will because he never, he never comes back but like what a guy just just what a guy um just yeah he did a big finish recently um, and I was, he was telling me, like, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm in the group chat with him in Abaddon. He was telling me, like, you know, he really thinks he has, you know, a chance of coming back. I said to him, "Look, Billis, look, eyes, eyes, eyes ahead. You know, clear heart, clear eyes, can't lose. You know, Tom, Tom, you keep going, pal. You keep going." But he tragically didn't. Um, I'm here to tell you now that Billis Manger. At sixteen hundred hours. Oh no! Oh no! Attempting no. fate. Dallas, outside Dallas, Texas, <laughs> no. driving in a motorcade. I have information that will lead to the arrest of Billis Major. <laughs> driving in the motorcade in Dallas, Texas, Billis Manger was shot down by an assailant in the building overlooking the motorway. I take no pleasure in reporting this. He's been transported to hospital. Billis Manger. Our president has been shot. Uh, David, you said you had a batshit theory about series three. Oh, it's it's not it's not a batshit theory. It's not even interesting. It's just that I think that this is all laying. I said I, mean, I said as much yesterday. This is all laying the groundwork for um, like Time Lord Victorious. Because this whole series, I think, in like in if you like look at this whole series, it's it's kind of at its core about like how you can't be the doctor and how you can't really connect to the doctor because he's just 
the doctor. He's just like, you know, he's just this God that you cannot hope to like match or reach or connect to because mm-hmm. he'll always guard himself off and he'll always act in what are ultimately his best interests. You know, he'll put people in danger. He'll like completely, you know, without even thinking it, he'll, he'll put them in harm's way and then kind of swan off because, you know, the day saved. It's all sorted out. You kind of see that like reflected in like, you know, the way like, cause I think we're getting ahead of ourselves now. And somehow I've, I've somehow seen this one, um, Sims master kind of is like that ultimate reflection of like this is what happens when he goes too far and then he goes too far anyway next season. I don't I don't know. I think I think it's it's a lot like cleverer because I, I said this I said this as well to uh, Peter before that like people had a very strange reaction to series three at the time, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I think was part partly influenced by certain feelings towards certain cast members that are quite abhorrent. Um, and I think also influenced by the fact that it just, it wasn't Rose as well. Mm. But I also think that like, I think not to be all like, you know, Marty McFly, like, you may not love it, but your kids will get it one day. I do think that like, this is maybe like the most interesting season that we've ever had of like, well, not even, I think this and like series nine, I think are the two like really interesting kind of explorations of the doctor and like the way he impacts or they impact their, um, like their surroundings and stuff. I don't know. Um, it's, it's very tight thematically. Like from, I've been sort of revisiting the episodes as we've gone and like, I've, I've been picking up on those themes. I think because so much of it is about like the doctor kind of getting over a bad breakup as well. And this kind of, I mean, we talked about it before, like how, like with Rose, the relationship did get like kind of like weird and toxic, and like you you get to like love and monsters, and they're like literally laughing as like a guy is like pleading for his life, uh, which is a real low point. Yeah. Um, the Doctor's sort of trying to get past that codependence, and that's why he gives Martha the cold shoulder at first, and then that ends up hurting Martha more. And I, I think it, it's really interesting how at the end of the episode, Martha like takes this definitive stand she's like no I'm, I'm not coming with you if that's how you view it and then the doctor sort of just goes oh, oh okay and then he just sort of like stands around and then is just like no I meant like you can come of course and then she just immediately runs back to him because like she she wasn't really prepared to give that up it was just it was she she wanted to hear him say that uh he needed her I guess uh it's it's complex. I, I think it's really interesting how they explore it in the next episode as well, like the the caretaking role that the Doctor takes with Martha. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, it it's it, it it is interesting just like thematically what the Doctor does to his companions throughout, like R- Russell's run. You know, like mm-hmm. like it, it it never ends well for any of them. He always breaks them. Yeah, like I, and I think I think that's going to be an interesting thing to explore in the 60th with, you know, Donna coming back. Well, yeah, now we can talk about that because this is the first episode we're recording after the news have been released, mm-hmm. has been released that, I mean, first we have a new doctor. Shutigawa. Shutigawa. Yeah, well, this uh, is the uh, first we're really getting able, being able to talk about. It. It's terrific. Yes. And also, 
Uh, David Tennant is coming back, but he was never really gone. So it's like, <laughs> I mean, this episode is kind of like an origin story because it was the moment where Mark Gatiss was was like, they're never going to let you leave, David. <laughs> Nick Briggs is in the background. You can see Nick Briggs standing in the background, smiling. So like if you, if you pause. Nick Briggs is the real life mysterious man. Yeah, he is. Like he he walks it's in. It's just a went, really sinister musical sting uh, uh, whenever Nick Briggs walks into a room with a Doctor Who actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you know this. I know Michelle, you you had your own thing, but I actually found a copy of the script where uh, mysterious man when he whispers to Francine, he whispers, uh, "Big finish for love of the stories." <laughs> <laughs> and and she goes, "What?" And he says, "Yeah, I'll, I'll see you in in the." 13, 14 years when you used to do the, the story of Martha Jones box at volume one. Just see, watch out. Just, just see, watch out. And he, that's why he disappears. Um, I will say, you know, I am very excited for Shooty to come in. That's, yes. a, that's a great, that's, that's so exciting. Um, I was initially kind of reluctant about 10 and stuff, but then I just realized that, you know, there's, there's no way that's not going to be just like so much fun to watch and so much fun to like just be immersed in that that entire run like from going from because I, I think we can I know people seem to think that like you know Matt and Peter are gonna be in it as well but like they're they're not they're like there's no feasible way for them to be both in it because one Matt Smith's filming I mean she got was filming until like September uh, September, October, I guess October, I think is is the um is when they fin- start finishing series four of sex sex, sex education. Um, <laughs> I was going to say which Doctor Who fan should watch. If you know what I mean? Uh, they might learn something. Sorry, I'm, I'm on a, I'm on my I'm on my anti Doctor Who fan uh, streak. At the moment. But like anyway, so they so they so Shihigat was filming till like October ish. Uh, Matt's missing something now for like, like next month and a bit, uh, and also he has, he has to he has to fill in Morbius too as well. So you know you, you can't really you can't really take him away from that. And Pierre Capaldi is literally every single chance he gets, he's saying like you know I'm not coming back, I'm done. Um, so I get why people are kind of hung up on it just being tenant, but I I think like you see like those set photos, and like you hear like oh like Rachel Talele is is directing. Mm. Um, you, you get like you you hear like all like kind of rumors like swirling around like what's gonna happen one, and like I know people are kind of annoyed that like it might end up being that like this is like a new incarnation using Tenet's face and stuff, but like I like I love how like because I, I I like I never I was never like fully against Russell coming back or like worried about Russell coming back being like you know, the same old same old. But I think it's very interesting, very daring, and the kind of thing I was hoping he would do. Where like he's playing with, you know, what you would assume Doctor Who to be. There's obviously going to be like layers and layers and layers on top of like, why is he the tenth Doctor again? Why is Donna here? Like, what's happening here? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Which I think is going to be very, very like, exciting to watch. His you know, Instagram like, posts yeah. have been like fantastic. <laughs> like the 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 one in particular where he um, where they announced uh, the character of Rose. Uh, I forget the actress's name. Uh, uh, Yasmin. Yasmin, Yasmin Finney? Finney. Yeah, Yasmin yeah. Finney. Yeah. Thank you, David. Um, <laughs> yeah, where well, he announced 
uh, and, and he was like, uh, oh, uh, or maybe it was in the, the Tennant and Catherine, but he, he went on this, he, he posed like seven different questions that were, were like, all like splinter off into fan theories. Like, is it a trick? <laughs> oh. Is it, what's going on here? How's this possible? Is it a uh, dream? Yeah. Is it a dream? <laughs> is it an alternate reality? And it's like, yes, Russell, you, you go for it. You, you be the showman. Like I, ah. Uh, Like I I said, I think this is going to be more than it seems on the surface. Like there's there's going to be a reason that this is Mm. happening. Mm. Isn't that just so exciting to be able to speculate about? Like uh, especially after after the press silence of the last few years, it's like it's great. It It, is one of those things where you kind of don't realize it until it's back. Like you don't really realize how much there's not really, you know, that that free song in the air of Doctor Who and thinking about it mm. until you realize, yeah. until Russell's back and you're just like constantly talking about it. Like we've been talking about it nonstop. Yeah. I'm really glad that um, the version of the show on iPlayer at least keeps the coming soon trailer because they had to take a week off for Eurovision. So they were like, oh, we'll be back uh-huh. in two weeks. So instead of just showing a teaser for 42, they show for like the second half of the series. <laughs> it is such a hype trailer. Like I've watched all those episodes like six or seven times each over many years. And I'm like still excited. I'm like, oh, what's that? Oh, what's this? Oh, he's saying he's not the doctor here. Oh, like uh, what, what do you, he's on this weird video feed uh there's these living scarecrows like what's going on it's like and i know everything that's going to happen but i think i think it's the sign of just a great ah, just a great bit of storytelling when you just still get excited to see it play out like and that is how i felt about lazarus at the end of the day like we we started off we were all sort of dreading it a bit because what really sticks in your mind is the sort of lackluster cgi and you know maybe the the pulpy science and whatever but you get into it and it's it's a show it's a fun episode it's it's not boring and it is not boring at all no yeah. i I, <laughs> like, I think I, you know I, I, I watched it this morning because i forgot to last night and i was surprised by how much it just flies by yeah, I watched it uh, earlier today as well because I like to watch it just before the record to sort of like get myself refreshed. And I was ready to record right afterwards. I was like, "Oh man, this is great! <laughs> this is fantastic!" It's just like I, I just because I just went through. I finished up like two weeks ago. I went through, you know, all the classic who, um, and I'm currently going through like wilderness series stuff as well. But like, it's just like you know, Doctor Who. You know, it, it, it. Doctor Who is just like, you know, at the end of the day, like, I know people are getting mad because, um, like, the centenary kind of hasn't really been, you know, talked about that often in comparison to, like, you know, all the 60s stuff. And like, I get that. Like, I, I get that, like, you know, that people, is a, people want to like pay Jody or Jews and, and Chris's Jews before yeah. they leave. Yeah. But, but like, but like, <laughs> They are competing with silence. This is the thing. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's not like the silence of the scenery is unique. So radio silent (laughs) between everything. Like if you if you read the yeah if you sorry if you read like the new Doctor Who magazine, there's like a thing at the start where like they're talking about how they went to see Russell on set, and like if you read between the lines on that, it's it's very clear thing of like thank God someone's like has like have information about this because like. Like I, I can remember very clearly series eleven. Pete, the critics didn't get screeners of those episodes ahead, mm. of, ahead of schedule. 
they did review it like during broadcast because Chris wouldn't let them have copies of the episode, and it's just like, it, like what, what purpose? It, I I know I joked and said like it's it's the difference of having a showrunner with like posters mindset and a showrunner who's never touched the a computer in their life, but like it is like a real thing of like what purpose does it serve to be so secretive when like. Like you're not gonna like no one's gonna be like mad that you tease to like fucking like Tim Shaw is in an episode of Doctor Who, you know? Mm. No one's gonna be mad that like it's you also teased just to, like the yeah. marketing for it has been so yeah insane. Well, like I think we talked about it before, but like at the end, at the the end of Flux, at the yeah. end of yeah. Flux, the the next time trailer that they show on the episode. <laughs> Tells you fucking nothing about Eve of the Daleks. You have to go it's like to five YouTube seconds long. to find out. It's, yeah. it's literally just the extermination. And you don't get that it's, you know, a time loop episode unless you go seek out the trailer online. Yeah. I mean, we were yeah. talking about it before, but like there was that whole thing about uh, part of the social media strategy for Flux to being deleting all the social media. <laughs> Uh, I mean, they, they they said as much that they were on a limited budget and stuff, but oh my god. It's one of those things where I see what they're trying to do. There is a successful version of that. Yeah. Like, there's a successful version where they're actually, like, fucking with the perception of the social media of, like, oh no, our social media, like, something's going wrong with it. Yeah, they got really close. They did that like ARG stuff with the QR codes, which which feels like a if if that sort of stuff had existed in Russell's day, I feel like he'd have done it. They did the the fake Saxon mm-hmm. website for this series, like mm-hmm. um, they love doing stuff like that, but it didn't quite come together. And they had like and the I Sontaran that, ship I over Liverpool the or whatever. Where it's going to be like you know, Russell says he's try- trying to keep quiet to you know give Chris and Jody their dues. And mm-hmm. I, but I think as soon as Jody regenerates, we're going to get like Russell going crazy. Like I think I we're know. going to get like yeah. I think twenty twenty three is going to be like an insane build to the anniversary stuff. I mean, like Russell, even Russell says like in that going back to the Doctor Who magazine thing again. But even Russell says like he's taking over production notes again this year, which means like at some point after that centenary, it's like it's just, it's just slamming back into Russell T. Davies showrunner territory. Like, you know? I, I wonder if part of the reason they're filming now, you know, like, people are like, why are they filming 18 months out from when the episode's gonna go out? You know, like, over a year, it's well over a year from, you know, like, the episode going out, which, like, one, there's production time, like, the production values on this are going to be insane, no doubt, you know, especially since they mm-hmm. have Bad Wolf, you know, basically footing the bill and everything. I also think it's he wants to have promo material to like dole out through the year. Like I think we're getting a next time trailer for the 60th on the centenary. Oh, oh man. I, I would put money on there yeah. being like an actual real deal, like next time on Doctor they Who, could... the Doctor Who theme's playing under it. Yeah, they could have some they could feasibly have some footage ready for that. Like, they probably have, yeah. they've been filming, like, for a week now. They have footage um, now, and they're going to be... They have footage now, but also, they 100% have been filming stuff in private as well. Yes. 
on I on, would like, not be surprised the, if they've already probably filmed some stuff with shooting now. Like he's been cast since February. February. Oh man. Just, yeah. it's, I, it's just it's 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 an exciting time and it is unfortunate that, like that like you know the whole thing's been like the the it it's unfortunate that we just have like a production team that just doesn't seem to be open to you know promotion. And I, 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 I understand the impulse that he has of trying to keep everything secret since everyone was so bummed about Sim getting spoiled immediately. Like I was thinking that earlier, yeah. Like I think Falls. that's the impulse behind it. It's just like Chris, you need to loosen up a bit. You need to get people excited about Doctor Who. Like, people are talking about, like, you know, Doctor Who, you know, it, it's one of those things that people used to be like, oh, the, you know, Chris Chibnall era, you know, like, the writing's so bad, that's why people don't care. No, people don't care because people aren't thinking about Doctor Who because it's not being kept in the public consciousness. When Moffat and Russell T. Russell were, like, running the show, like, it was just always there because both of those guys knew how to, like, keep the hype even during, like, you know, a downtime. Mm-hmm. Like, there was an entire fucking year where all we got of Doctor Who was a Christmas special. And people still gave a shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's just you need it's... to be able to understand how to keep Doctor Who in the public consciousness. And I don't think Chris Chibnall understands that inherently. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I mean, think the thing the, is, yeah. he needed to go more broad church. Mm. Like he needed to use his broad church instincts for Doctor Who, because that's a show that did keep itself, you know, in the public consciousness a bit whenever it wasn't around. It's just so strange how, how it all worked out over the years. I don't, like, I do think that we should, even like before we even go near Chibnall, we should do like a Chibnall era retrospective episode because like so much stuff in that first year, like the five year plan, the all that stuff that like, I just really want to delve into. I think it's really exciting though, like go back to Shuhi. When Shuhi was announced, one, I think like the Instagram method is like a really, really clever way of getting like no more notable buzz. But like when she was announced, there were so many people who were like, "I'm gonna watch now. I'm gonna watch this now. I gotta watch this now." You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna catch up and I'm gonna join in the show. You know, there's like, like he, like he's such an exciting choice. Um, like I cannot wait to see what he does with the role. But it's also such a great choice in terms of like you know, revitalizing the show, getting people interested in the show again getting people like really hooked on like the idea of Doctor Who as like, an institution. I think Bad Wolf as well are, are going to do wonders for it because like the BBC kind of haven't really been BBC's kind of been like poking Doctor Who with a stick for like the last like even like when Moffat was in charge kind of being like like there you go here's your here's like your fiver go off and, and film something for us there. So like with all that kind of taken away from the BBC and given to like, given to, like Russell you know, and his and his, all his friends and stuff. It's going to be like really interesting. Um, but I do think you know, it's it's twenty twenty two. I do think you could feasibly recreate Lazarus for another episode and bring him back and have him look like an actual you know 
natural thing and really revitalize it. You could really remaster this, like a, like a George Lucas remaster, special edition, Lazarus Experiment, 4K re-release. Uh, you have Lazarus, you know, looking like 10 bucks. You got my cigar in, you got my stogie, you know, because I'm, I'm a badass. I don't take any shit because I got my stogie, you know, my stogie. It's not your stogie. And I, think, I don't like this think, whole like running storyline of the cigar like venom yeah. is transforming him. It's his Mr. Hyde. I'm, it's not your stogie, it's my stogie. You know, because I'm a stud, I'm ballsy, I don't take no shit from anyone. You know, because my this is my stogie, my cigar. Um so like, you know I really do think like Lazarus as an episode, it's I mean it, I'm not I this is <laughs> doubling back to the conversation I should have had that hours ago. I, I I'm not as into it, I think, as the three of you are. Um That's fair. Yeah, Michelle, famously here. Like very uh, pleasantly <laughs> surprised because I even when I asked for this episode, it was just like an episode, you know, just like just it it's an episode no one thinks about that much. It would be a fun episode to just kind of, you know watch and talk about <laughs> yeah and then we had the good fortune of morbius coming out and then morbius posting just fully enveloping our skulls <laughs> maybe that's oh. why maybe that's why what's coloring it more i don't know <laughs> i i do think that we need to start the 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 lazarus discord and promise uh, <laughs> an, an ama on the discord with mark gatiss uh, oh totally like the, the lazarus the Lazarus experiment NFT. Do you want to do a, a, a TARDIS bookie game while we wait for Michelle to come back? Because I had one loaded into my into my cannon that I could play. Sure, I'm I'm guessing there's a battles in time uh, coming there up is, as well. There, I don't know if there is because I left the, I left the cards in the other room. And I'm too oh no! <laughs> um, the TARDIS bookie game this week. This person was uh, a Hollywood star, and together with another actor, they starred in the film Something Something. Uh, Yvonne Hartman was once, was once offered a sex doll that looked like this person at a party, a tortured office party. When Polly Vernon asked Amy Pond if she was dating the 11th Doctor, Amy told her that she did not like the Doctor that way and that she was more of a blank blank kind of girl. Uh, at Rachel's request, the face painter painted blank blank's face on Jamie McCrimmon. <laughs> and on the 25th of December 2007, Lance Bennett, this is Bennett, okay. Lance Bennett mentions that Donna Noble spoke excitedly about blank and blank, which he found annoying. Oh, I'm talking man. about a person, and they are a Hollywood star that was once like famous. Well, they are still famous, but they were once like the, the famous person. I'm trying to remember that Lance speech. Oh man, I don't know. That's such um, a diverse, <laughs> such a diverse <laughs> list of prompts. Um, I can tell you, I can give you a hint. The the person they start together in the film something something was uh, Meatloaf. They're in a film something something with Meatloaf. They are a Hollywood star, um, a famous actor, a sex symbol. Uh, known for their looks, known for their their um, 
they were what, what, the, the films that they've been in would include. Is, sorry, sorry, sorry. I realized that I'd been on mute for a while. I've been asking questions, and you've been kind of answering them. <laughs> Whoa! I got, I got ESP. Um, but no, I was asking: is this is this a, a a Scottish film star by any chance? No, they okay, so played Irish, but they're not Scottish. I was wondering if it was Scottish because of the. Amy Pond and Jamie connections. No, it's a weird, it's a weird reference for Amy to make at that time. Well, kind of, I guess. Um, it's Nathan, someone who's a bit before Amy's time, maybe. Yeah, well, kind of before her time, but he, uh, uh, I, 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 what I think I say he, he is still famous, but like he was like mega famous. He's in a movie, Nathan. I know you love about a, a, a pastime. I know you love, um, which has a very famous quote attached to it. That um, relates to romance. Is this <laughs> is this Brad Pitt? Brad Pitt was a Hollywood star. Together with Meatloaf, he starred in the film Fight Club. Yvonne oh Hartman was off the Brad Pitt sex doll of Hardy. When Pro- Polly Vernon asked Amy Pond if she was dating the Lemon Doctor, Amy told her that she did not like the Doctor that way and that she was more of a Brad Pitt kind of girl. At Rachel's request, the face painter painted Brad Pitt's face on Jamie McCrimmon. That's and insane. On the 20th of December 2007, Lance Bennett mentioned Donna was spoke excitedly about Brad and Angelina, which he found annoying. That makes Imagine, sense. Yeah, I was trying yeah. to remember which celebrity couple it was. What kind of what I wonder what era because Brad Pitt so that that was that that Jamie story was released in 2003. So that's like Wow. That's right? like slightly that's like Ocean's Eleven era, like yeah, Troy. A little bit after that, yeah. God, Doctor, I'm I'm in Ocean's. It's a year before Ocean's Twelve, two years after Ocean's Eleven. I could run in and get the Battles and Time cards because I think Michelle's going to be gone for a bit longer. Um, I have a surprisingly limited number of. Lazarus cards. Um, one of the examples is I have Laz Labs, which is a card used to increase their stab- their stamina and agility and your fear factor. Uh, the only okay, so the only character cards I have are I have uh, Francine Jones, mm-hmm. I have Lady Thaw, Lady Thaw in brackets drained. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We have like the face of bow at the moment of death. Of course, we have a shriveled <laughs> corpse. Um, <laughs> I have, <laughs> I have Lazarus. I have Lazarus creature attacking and Lazarus creature rampaging, which seem to be a waste of a card in round two. I have um, and I have, I have Tish Jones, and I have Professor Lazarus in brackets reborn. I I, um, I I do yeah. like I what 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 I want now is just like a uh like you know like a biopic like one of those real like you know process we're in the room but it's about the team making the battles in time cards <laughs> and the decisions they make. It's a margin call or um, twelve angry men, but it's just like we need to have uh. Let's see. It's a Lazarus well, experiment. Cre- what do we got for cards? We we need to get uh Kreech to have uh intelligence that is higher than uh future kind one. 
Looks like an old. I have a. I have a card. Do, do you remember in Sound of Drums where the, the master takes a, a, a cabinet meeting and he has the the gas mask on? Yes. And there's this one guy. Uh, apparently his name is Albert Dumfries. Do you remember that? Because I have a card called Albert Dumfries who has. Uh, he has his own card. The guy who asks him why he's wearing a gas mask, um, which is. I mean, we all we all need that kind of stuff. I have a. The first I go up to is Time Crash. I have Fifth Doctor in brackets, Time Crashed, um, which seems kind of fair. Uh, we can play a game if you want, because I have enough here to do one, two, three, four, five, six. I have, I have enough to do like two rounds and then like a wild card round after that if you want to do a, a quick game about some time while we wait. Um, so I'm going to go to. See the hand things you both play, so I'm explain the rules. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it to Nathan. Nathan, I'm throwing it to you first, okay? Okay. You get the you get the first round. So I'm gonna pit mother against daughter, and I'll ask you: Out of Francine Jones and Tish Jones, who has the uh, higher intelligence stat? Oh. Oh, I'm I'm gonna go Francine. Francine's intelligence stat is 5,500. Tish's is 3,400. Oh, let's go, baby! That's w- one point on the board for Nathan. Sam, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it to you, and I'm also going to do this. Lady Thaw and Lady Thaw in brackets stream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> uh the the caption on Lady Thaw and Bracket Strange is Thaw wanted eternal youth, but instead was sent to an early grave when the Lazarus creature sucked her dry of life. Which oh, is that's a very so pulpy. <laughs> um, that's like that's like, like a Twilight Zone outro. <laughs> hey everybody, I'm back. Sorry yeah, about that. Get someone. Get that guy who does the Rod Serling impression on like Tower of Terror at Disney World <laughs> to do that. <laughs> When that creature it's after dry life in the Twilight Zone. Um, but who <laughs> has, <laughs> who, has <laughs> uh, who has the higher um <laughs> fatality? Not, the, look, I'm gonna make it obvious to you. This is gonna be a very specific <laughs> <laughs> Who has the higher fear factor? Lady Thor or Lady Thor and Bracket Strange? <laughs> Gonna guess the shriveled corpse. You'll be correct because all her other, all her other stats—intelligence, agility, stamina, and special abilities—are one hundred. But her fear factor is seven thousand six hundred. Jesus. Compared to two thousand two thousand two hundred for uh, normal lady thought. Oh my god! Um, and now that Michelle is here, I can throw it to Michelle. Uh, Michelle, I want to ask you: Who who do you think out of Professor Lazarus? Actually, I'm gonna, okay, I'm gonna go for like this is a very special thing. Mm-hmm. Because I have three Lazarus cards. Mm. I'm going to ask you, Michelle. Out of Lazarus Creature Attacking, Lazarus Creature Rampaging, and Professor Lazarus Reborn. Out of the three of them, so you have two you have two attacking creatures and one normal fellow. Who has the highest intelligence, do you think, of the three? Mm. Mm. The second one. The room. Uh, okay, so you're saying the second one. Actually, because because 
someone has to win this. I'm going to throw it to the two of you as well. Who has the highest intelligence out of the three Lazaruses? Oh, fuck. Uh, I'm going to say the old Lazarus. I think that was the first one. No, it's it's, it's Lazarus attacking, Lazarus rampaging, and young Lazarus uh, Fox. <laughs> okay, sorry, I misread the prompt. Uh, Jesus. I'll go for oh, young Lazarus. You're going for young Lazarus, Nathan. Who are you going for? Oh, uh, I, 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 I. Let's let's all split it out. Let's all just go for broke. I'm gonna go for the one that the other two haven't taken. Okay. Well, I'm gonna reveal to you that when I said they are all the same person, they all have the same stats. So they all have the same intelligence stat, which is eight thousand one hundred. Oh yeah. my god! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we need a tiebreaker. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it to you just quickly. Tiebreaker. Um, as I scroll back through the years, I've just gone through, as you know, Kasaku. So I'm going to throw back to the 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 old cards I have, which are from Kasaku. I'm going to ask. Um, this is going to be like a. a uh, I'm going to ask all three the same the same question, and you can whoever gets it right wins. Um, who has the higher special abilities? Okay. There'll be three cards now. Uh, Fomazi. Oh, no. <laughs> um, Zygon. Or Lynx the Santaran. Fomazi. 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 Michelle's saying Fomazi. Who are you saying, Nathan? I'm saying Zygon. You're saying Zygon. And Sam, who are you saying? Which that was this intelligence. Special, special abilities. abilities. Oh, special so, abilities. Links to uh, Zygon or Fumazi. <laughs> I'm going to go for Fumazi. Um, Nathan wins. Uh, Fumazi only has 6,700. Links has 6,700. But Zygon has 8,000 special ability. Jeez. So, yeah. That I was, mean, look, the, the thing about the Fomazi isn't their abilities, it's it's how chill they are. You mentioned Fomazi? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. Um, I do like I think, that as much yeah. as we thought this was just going to be a chaotic mess, this is maybe the most uh, low-key episode any of us have been on. <laughs> it's very low-key and relaxed, I will say. Um, what I also will say is that um, the reason Michelle wasn't on is because he went into the, the de-aging machine and like, I'm, I'm sorry Michelle now. but like <laughs> yeah Michelle I mean we, we, we fixed you Michelle so you don't, you, you, you don't have to worry anymore um, you are here you can you can say as much that we did help I um, I just I just want to say something before we uh, wrap up. Even though I was not involved in that conversation about the future of Doctor Who, uh, I just think the funniest thing I have ever seen in my entire life is the shot of naked Mark Gatiss on the floor. Yes, after oh. dying. I. <laughs> it's like Family Guy death pose. It, I mean, what I really appreciate is that after they reverse the, you know, reverse the polarity, that they do an Austin Powers shot with Mark Gittis' ass. 
Very true. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, you know what? Next time. Uh, I am. I, I don't know what this is. I'm just a normal person. I'm, of course, John Doe. Just a normal, regular uh, person. I am not a podcaster in any way. It would be kind of fun if um, Jack had just kept mentioning like Doctor Who phrases, the Doctor uh, and Yana are like really like you know like going to full Mel Brooks, like tearing his hair out, like doing like Looney Tune kind of movements. If Jack had been like you know and Shada and also Owen Harper. It's weird. I I, I thought there was nothing outside, but now I'm looking out my window and there's just a, a large statue staring at me in a way. I've never really seen before. Let me just turn back to the mic. Uh, what? Oh, oh, statue's gone. Never mind. I, I oh, must be sleep deprived. And uh, and also Abaddon. I'm like, well, there's other things going on, Francine. And Billis Manger. If he could do this all along, why didn't he do this from the beginning? And Candyman. Pod Tour Who Cast Series 3 continues next week. And Nicholas Briggs. And then Nicholas Briggs for the pop time, like, it's me. First things first, I'm going to throw to our two guests and ask if they have anything they want to promote or plug or push beyond Morbius and my beautiful, delicious, juicy cigar that I'm smoking right now. If you fucking dare, if you fucking dare go against a cigar, I will find you and I will destroy your property. Okay? So don't speak Great about bit, the cigar. David. Yeah, I, 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 I am concerned that we're just going to leave this like a, a hanging like I'm generally terrified. For the few. He's morbing. He's morbing in real time. David is morbing as we speak. Um oh, well I've been Sam Higney. Uh you can find me on Twitter at Sammy underscore crow. Uh where I tweet. Um I, I I don't really tweet anywhere right now. Um, you can find me at Nathan for me with I think three E's on Twitter, where I occasionally will tweet. Uh, I'd also like to plug uh, Top Gun Maverick. Great movie, great I movie. I keep thinking about that scene from um, Dewey Cox when he goes, "Great record, great record." I I feel like that. Great movie. Speaking of great things, they come in bears, but they also um, can be found found in podcasts. Yeah, but where? Where? Well, David, you can go to friendlymush.com and find all of the amazing podcasts, including (laughs) David just posted a photo of the cameraman card from (laughs) Battles in Time. So, including, <laughs> sorry, uh, <laughs> Potter Who Cast, and many other podcasts and subjects such as X Files, Scooby Doo, 
the MTV Movie Awards, and so much more. So please uh, check it out at FriendlyMush.com. That's friendly as in, oh, you're so friendly, and mush as in the first four letters of mushroom.com. Mm-hmm. And also, um, I want to promote cigars.com. They, cigars, um, they really cigarettes. Ha- they really helped me when I couldn't find my cigars. And you know how much I need my stogie. Otherwise, I'm a very sad little baby without my stogie. Okay, so you you fucking try it, man. You take away my stogie. We'll see who gets out of here alive, won't we? Thank you. Really? Uh, lock the gates and um, all that and more. 